At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard, start something priceless. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. The last three years have been tough on Canadian entrepreneurs. That's why we are so excited to announce the 2023 Startup Canada Tour, a five-stop national opportunity to connect entrepreneurs across Canada. Join us for keynotes, panels, and practical workshops, an exhibitor zone featuring Canada's support organizations, speed mentoring in our Ask the Expert lounge, and an opportunity to compete in on-site pop-up pitches. We will be in Whitehorse on April 25th, Halifax on May 2nd, Vancouver on May 11th, Calgary on September 28th, and stay tuned for details on our final stop in Ontario. Want a free pass? Use code PODCAST at checkout. Learn more and get tickets now for the closest stop near you at startupcanadatour.ca. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday to hear new stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Today's guests are April Brown and Sarah Sklash, two best friends who successfully turned a dingy rundown motel in Ontario's scenic Prince Edward County into a hip retro destination. Co-founders, moteliers, and I think that's the first time I ever said that word out loud, and best friends, April and Sarah created the June Motel, which now has two locations in the province and guests who just can't get enough. April has a decade of experience creating successful PR campaigns, as well as a great eye for design, which has helped the June gain traction for social media and online spaces. Sarah's experience working in the public service has allowed her to keep operations running smoothly, even on either side of one of Canada's biggest provinces. April and Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Delighted to have you. Before we start talking about your unusual story. Um, our, entrepre- our, our, our listeners are entrepreneurs. Uh, they're always looking for new ideas. Do you have any tips, each of you, uh, some advice that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from this conversation today? Let's start with April. Oh, okay. Well, so yes, this is April. Um, I think, you know, if 
our story is an example of anything. I think it's an example, you know, Sarah and I had no background in hospitality or renovations or development of any kind. So um, we're really a good example of, you know, not holding yourself back because you don't have the right experience or you don't know all the right answers up front. But, you know, we really took the leap and we really um, we've learned everything that we know about our industry from building our business. And I think we often kind of hold ourselves back um, from taking the leap and starting something that we want to start because we don't have that experience or we don't feel confident in you know, knowing all the right answers up front. But um, I think there, you know, we'll get into our story, um, obviously, in this podcast, but we've really we've learned everything by doing and by building and by growing. Um, and with each step we've taken in our journey, we kind of, you know, um, the stakes are a little higher, the motels are a little bigger, the challenges um, keep evolving. So um, it's just kind of a constant journey of growth. But let me ask you, let me just push back on that. Um, having gone through that and having learned on the job and having made all the inevitable mistakes that you made, uh, is that the best way to do it, to jump in like that? Or would, looking back, was there a way you could have prepared better, practiced more? Um, I don't think it would change how we did it. But I mean, I think I always say that very lightly, but there was also a phase of, you know, looking at all of the data and all the numbers and forecasting um, what, you know, we anticipated the business to do. Like we didn't go in blind with, you know, no data, no business plan. We had a solid business plan that we believed in. Um, but at a certain point, I do think that you have to take that leap and jump in and figure things out. And the business is going to evolve based on what your customers are telling you. So, you know, spending five years up front, you know, analyzing everything that could happen or everything that we think our customers are going to want isn't going to benefit us. I mean, I think getting in there and seeing how the market responds to what you're offering is honestly the best way to start. And this is Sarah, not to get ahead in our story, but April and I ran, uh, we purchased the motel in Prince Edward County. It was a dingy roadside motel called The Sportsman. We say like the only art in that room was a sign that said no gutting fish. Uh, and April and I ran that motel for a season. And I always look back on that. That wasn't our plan. Like everyone wants to get in, renovate, come up with your dream place, your brand. Uh, and I think it we were really constrained by our finances and timing of acquiring this property. Uh, but in the end, having that season that we used as our education in the business was really, really important. And we made some really big mistakes in that first season that definitely impacted the guests stay and would have impacted our long-term reputation. Uh, but we had that season to sort of try things out, learn those lessons. And so when we actually launched the June, we had a much better understanding of what we were doing. Okay. Did you actually operate it as the sportsman? We sure did. It was April and I checking guests in, being asked questions about like where the best fishing spots were. Uh, so we we learned a lot of lessons. And to this day, April and I will still jump in, but we did every single job there as well. We've done housekeeping. We've checked guests in. Uh, and so again, really understanding the business end to end in that first year before we could start to grow our team a little bit more. Right. Sounds like you're aligned on this. And I, I, I totally agree with the idea of, of jumping in, but doing the homework first. The business plan usually turns out to be a work of fiction 
but it's a good discipline yeah. to go through. Before we talk about how you got into this, um, I tried to give some idea of of, of the, the the culture, the personality of of, of the June, the, the original June Hotel, um, in my intro. But I haven't been there. Tell me what it is that that that, that, that you've done there. To, Sell me on on booking a weekend. So, as Sarah mentioned, this mo- our very first motel started as the sports mo- motel. Literally, no artwork in room, but a sign that says "No Gutting Fish in Room." It was like musty carpets and like those really gross floral bedspreads. Um, and on top of that, motels were like typically that roadside destination. It's a just a place to crash. It's a place to um, you know sleep the night. But our vision for the June was to really, it wasn't so much that it was a motel, but we really saw these motels as a platform to create really unique guest experiences um, in the destinations that we are. So, um, you know, we took this really tiny wood paneled lobby bar and we blew it out and made it indoor outdoor with a campfire and a wine bar. And now you check in with a glass of rosé. and in room, there's, you know, glasses or proper glasses of wine and little mini fridges. And, you know, we've taken out the musty carpets and put down, you know, um, vinyl wood floors and uh, it's statement wallpapers behind the bed um, and really completely elevated the entire motel experience. Um, so we're always, we kind of always say that we've really redesigned not only just the look and feel of, what the motel was, but the entire experience of staying at a motel. So really invested a lot in communal spaces like the lobby bar and the campfire space. Um, in Sobel, there's the pool, there's also a restaurant. Um, and so these are really great places to come vacation and, you know, create those moments with your friends, your family, your partner. And I think to further sell you on coming for a weekend at other properties, I think April and I were also Prince Edward County. So we purchased back in 2016. Prince Edward County, if you ask anyone in sort of Ontario now, people have heard of it. They, they've been, they love it. There's so much to do, so many wineries and beautiful beaches. Back in 2016, it was still, uh, oh, Prince Edward Island. Like, that's so far away. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, Prince Edward County, just for context, is two hours east of Toronto. It is uh, a blooming wine region and breweries and distilleries. And it's definitely like the cool place to go for a weekend in Ontario. Uh, And so we were early. It was a place that April and I had gone. We had really loved it. We had found it was lacking in places to stay. So I think we we have this eye for what makes a great destination. And the same thing happened with Sobel Beach as well. We saw this property. We fell in love with like the actual motel and that property. And neither of us had ever been to Sobel Beach, which is two and a half hours north on Lake Huron um, from Toronto. Uh, But we went for a weekend before we actually purchased the motel. And it is this adorable retro beach town, um, very charming, makes you feel like you're, you know, kind of regardless of what age you are, uh, you'll you'll feel like that throwback to arcades and ice cream shops and like surf shacks. Uh, and so we were really, really charmed uh, that first time we went. Uh, and so just finding these places um, and bringing some 
life to them, regardless of whether we've been there before or our friends have been there before. Uh, we know how to spot a really great travel destination. And what was your model for for for, for renovating the, and and you know rebuilding uh, building the June out of the Sportsman? Um, had you stayed in some classy place on Long Island or something that made you think, hey, we could do that in Ontario? We could bring some urban sophistication and design uh, to this town? We, we definitely weren't the first ones to do boutique motels. <laughs> We're not the first to call ourselves moteliers. Uh, we had seen it done in California, Texas. Uh, and so we were pulling a little inspiration from there. April and I are both passionate about traveling, love finding great places to stay. So cool that we were able to bring from Airbnbs, luxury hotels, uh, other boutique motels, bring bring everything that we really designed it to be a place that we would want to stay to our properties. Uh, and we also go through this exercise uh, of personification, April. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So when we first uh, started the June, before it was even called the June, you know, we were brainstorming, what are we going to call uh, this motel? And um, we really loved the name June. Um, and we loved everything that she stood for. And we really went through the, oh, this whole exercise of personifying who is June and, you know, determining that she is you know, she's this retro feminine lady, but she also kind of, you know, there's also the month of June where it's like that start of summer feeling um, that we really wanted to play off of. And June, she's, you know, eclectic and free spirited. And, um, you know, she was always chilling a bottle of rosé for days like today. And she's super positive and always looking forward to the weekend kind of vibe um, and really helping us really understanding who June is has actually been like a really defining element um, to how we built the business because I think, you know, staying true to the story of who June is and what she stands for and always building the business that's in line with that. So, you know, as we look at other properties, when we first found Sable Beach, it's like, you know, does this make sense? What would this place look like? You know, if June had a beach house, what would this place feel like? How would this you know, what experience would people be having here? Um, and making sure it all really aligns to that brand and that really that brand story. And I think people really connected with the brand and the brand story early on. And I think um, as we grow, there's been like a ton of opportunities that are thrown our way. But I think one thing Sarah and I have certainly learned is that, you know, we have to say no to more opportunities than we say yes to. And I think having this filter of who is June and would June do this? Is this in line with June? Really helps us stay focused on what we're building. What is something June wouldn't do? June is not probably going to have a city hotel. <laughs> she's retro. She likes to get away from the city. And, you know, she's all about being outside and doing yoga and sunsets on the beach. And, you know, um, She's like very laid back and free spirited. And she's not getting fish. And she's certainly not getting fish. <laughs> um, Sarah, maybe you can help us with the timeline here. When did you first get this idea? When did you open? And when did you start th saying, hey, th this is fun, let's do two? So it would have been, I know the specific date, January 1st, 2016. 
April and I were both working different jobs in Toronto, uh, but we were feeling like we just needed a significant life change. And so we got together that New Year's Day and started brainstorming all sorts of business ideas. And the one that sort of stuck out was getting into the motels. There's a bit of a backstory to why that was the right one. Uh, But we were early January driving out to Prince Edward County in a snowstorm to go see the first motel. Uh, So that's 2016. The summer was our summer of education. So we didn't touch the property, uh, but we learned via running the Sportsman Motel what we were doing. And then come fall 2016, we had gutted the place and April and I, so purchased the motel less than the price of a house in Toronto and 16 rooms, lobby, landscaping, and our budget for renovations and creating a brand and paying the mortgage over the winter, everything, we had $250,000. So I did everything on an extremely tight budget, which meant other than plumbing and electrical work, it was April and I and uh, getting our friends and our family uh, to pitch in to renovate the motel that year. Uh, So 2017 was our first season as the June, and it was uh, all we could dream of in terms of success. It was wonderful. Uh, And I would say it was sometime in 2018 that we started getting the itch of, okay, things are going well. We really enjoyed this. And April and I love nothing more than that process of transforming uh, properties. So 2018, we have a wonderful uh, hotel broker who we started bringing her out to. We saw campgrounds, trailer parks. Uh, all sorts of like just the dingiest places and we'd take her all over Ontario and a few into Quebec. Uh, And so it was January 2019 that we were um, putting in the offer for our motel in Sable Beach. Uh, And then similar to how things happened with Prince Edward County, tight budgets, tight timelines, um, and having big mortgages on these places, we had to jump right in and start operating uh, what was the Nights Inn in Salvo Beach in 2019. So ran that again as is. Uh, And again, a wonderful experience. We were a bit ahead on knowing how to operate a motel, uh, but it gave us a season to really build those community connections as well, uh, learn sort of the quirks of that particular property and also give us time. So we have some money coming in, but giving April and I the time to really get to know that property and really start dreaming about what that is going to look like. So I got to ask April, I'm going to ask April. it's fall 2019. You just had your first year. You're about to renovate and you're thinking, boy, 2020 is going to be the best year yet. (laughs) And then along comes a little bug called COVID. So how did that affect you and how did, how did you get past it? So I'm going to add something to the timeline because around fall 2019, we also found out that we were going to be doing a Netflix show about 
the renovation um, and opening of the June in Salvo Beach. Motel makeover. Motel makeover. Um, so we're super excited. We're you know planning. We're getting everything ready to hit the ground running in January. And you know we're we're trying to align a renovation schedule on a tight budget with a very tight timeline of a producing a show at the same time. So um, we actually ended up holding off on a lot of the renovations we would have done in that in the fall of 2019 so that we could capture it all for the show that was going to start filming in January of 2020. So really when January, we had a great month in January, we ripped all the rooms apart. Um, we basically had like everything, the bathrooms were like completely down to the studs. Um, Lobby bar, lobby hadn't even been started. That thing was just completely gutted. It was a totally raw space. Hadn't touched the restaurant at that point. Um, we'd filmed, you know, our first couple of blocks of the show and all of a sudden, you know, COVID hits. And so we were in a really, really tough spot there on a couple of fronts. Like, would the show be able to continue was a big question. Um, and construction had to come to a halt. So we really sat on, for most of that spring, we sat on, um, sat on a property that was not making any progress, knowing that Salvo Beach is also this like very short summer season. So Very short season. Yeah. Very short season. So our plan had been to open for like the very beginning of January and operate into, you know, sort of the end of September. Um, and with every month that we were not renovating, that just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And, you know, we didn't, the, the way that we've, you know, structured our business and we're always um, sort of, you know, we're, we're paying the mortgages the minute we buy these properties. So waiting a whole other year to open as the June was absolutely not an option. Um, so when it did come time to allowing um, people back on property to be working and socially distanced, um, it was like hit the ground running. It was almost constant filming at that point because there was so much time to make up for it. And our goal was to open by Labor Day. So the very end of summer and try and get like a six week season in. Um, and we knew that there was like a lot of we, a couple things going for us at that point. You know, we've got everyone who's been sitting at home all summer, like desperate for like something fun to look forward to. Um, and the fact that June already, you know, the June already had a reputation and everyone was sort of watching what we were doing in Sobel and then excited for us to open in Sobel. So um, we were really able to actually create a pretty decent six-week season in the fall of 2020. Um, and in a normal year, I, I don't think that would have been the case, but people, like our opening weekend was like the highlight of everyone's 2020, I'm sure, because um, it was like, finally, you know, I can be outside, I can be like safely around a pool. I can be drinking a cocktail in the sunshine um, with my, you know, with my family, my partner, whatever. Um, so it was actually a really cool experience in the end to see, um, to open that way and to be part of like that moment. It had so many challenges. 2020 was, I'd argue, like the biggest roller coaster of both Sarah and I's lives and our business, frankly. You know, at times we weren't sure whether the business was even going to make it whether or not we would be able to open that year, whether or not the show would just be like totally off the table. Um, and then the next minute it was like everything was happening and full steam ahead. 
Um, so lots of highs and lots of lows. Wow, sounds exhausting. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was very tiring. I think we ran on adrenaline the entire year. It's funny it's too, cool. if you watch the show, you can just see it. So it's six episodes, it's still on Netflix. And you'll see April and I at the beginning of the show, like perfect hair, great makeup, wonderful outfits. And by the end of the show, you can see all of, us, all of us crying at least one episode. Like we were so tired and just sort of gave up on like you, one, you, you're a few months in, you basically forget you're being filmed. Uh, but yeah, it was hard. It was hard to juggle renovations with being on television. But the, but this makes the show, right? The, yeah. These shows don't work unless there's crying somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. In the end, what did that show do for you? Did it? Did you, do you think it did it helped you or pushed you forward? I, I think it's interesting. I would say the show, in a way, has been so wonderful for us. So uh, Netflix, people in 190 countries are watching this show, learning about the June, learning about uh, Sable Beach. And we have people visit the motels from all over. Uh, and I think that's really, really cool. Um, and so... So you, you've redefined a, a destination. Totally, yeah, and I think something I get so excited about, too, is just the show has really inspired so many people to uh, become entrepreneurs. We have, like, often um, young girls and young boys who will come up to us and just, like, super excited. They watch the show with their parents and they want to be moteliers. Uh, and so that means a lot to us. Um, that said, it's really interesting that all of a sudden have like global attention on your business and all sorts of opportunities come your way. Uh, and I think that's been one of the challenges. Like we, <laughs> we dive deep into, okay, people are watching the show around the world. They're going to want to order wallpaper that they see in the show all around the world. Um, and they're going to want to read our blog everywhere. And I think we did lose a little focus as to what what we're truly passionate about, what we're really good at is creating these places to stay. So I think it's, yeah, being staying focused on the right opportunities um, when you start to have a ton of opportunities come at you. Right. So that gets to the saying no. <laughs> you talked about it sooner. Yeah, exactly. When did you know... With the, just going back to, to the June, when did you know, was there one moment when you thought, hey, this is going to work? Because it was quite a gamble. You had to lure people. To, I mean, lots of people go back and forth to the county from Toronto every weekend, but they have cool places there nestled among the vineyards. Um, I, I don't know how much of a destination it was before that, and certainly not for the, the probably for the culture vulture demographic that you were really looking at. So... Were there scary moments? And was there a moment when you said, you know what, we might survive this? Uh, I remember the moment that I look back on where I'm like, okay, it actually, it's going to work. Uh, it was opening day, 2017. So that's like June 1st. Uh, we were renovating and getting it ready up until literally the moment that guests were checking in. Uh, so I remember April had like, gone upstairs we lived at the motel had gone upstairs to shower and like be guest ready but the first group of it was 
three or four young women uh, and they walked into the lobby that we had renovated and we were all about the Instagrammable moments and they sat down on the sofa. We have this peace, love, wine, neon sign behind them and they took out their phones and they took a selfie and I witnessed all this and I was like, <laughs> okay, we, we did it. It'll work. Um, and so I remember that being the first moment and then I'd say I continue to know that we've created something really special when um, I get to sort of quietly observe guests. Um, and I, I really see it particularly around our campfires where um, different rooms will come together after a day out and they'll sit around and they'll drink a glass of wine and they'll roast marshmallows and they'll, they'll start chatting with one another and making friends. Um, and I always, I always think like I'm witnessing them having the highlight of their summer. Uh, and that's so special to me and is the thing that like keeps me going year after year. Wow. That's a great story. April, what was your aha moment? Uh, or those were both really hard for me, I have to say. I, I think the campfire thing certainly resonates um, for me as well. You know, that first summer, it was just Sarah and I working behind the bar. So we did get to witness so many amazing, like, moments where guests were just, like, using the property almost exactly the way we had wanted and had envisioned them to use it. And I think, you know, that's always so hard to plan for. You create these spaces and you have this idea of how you want people to use the space. But do they really use the space that way? Um doesn't always it doesn't always work out that way um but you know the campfire moment is one that has been like a massive success for us um and then I, you know i'm come from a pr and marketing background and so i remember like schlepping garbage to the curbside for garbage day and also like looking at my phone and realizing that like we were going to be in vogue um that first <laughs> summer and i just had this crazy moment of like wow like I am literally the garbage person right now, but we're going to be in Vogue. Like, how cool is that? Um, and I kind of just was like, it's all gonna, it's all gonna be great. Like, I think if we're getting that level of attention, and you know, we were on the social that first summer, and we saw the traction on kind of all fronts. Like, yes, we're having an amazing time. We were getting the reservations and like booking out for the whole summer, and then also people were talking about us in the media, um, and it. Our biggest problem was we only had 16 rooms. Imposter syndrome is, is, is a real thing for a lot of entrepreneurs as they start up. So I guess you had a little bit. I mean, the, the Vogue moment is probably the ultimate. <laughs> well, carrying the trash to the curb is the ultimate imposter moment. Um, the, what's, what, what's your favorite part of the job right now? What do you guys actually spend your days doing? <laughs> Two different questions, two different answers to that question, Sarah. <laughs> okay. um, so right now we're in the season, we're off season. We've recently opened uh, the motel in Prince Edward County and Sobble Beach reopens May 5th. Uh, so this is the time of the year that we focus on, you know, what's working, what's not working and really get a little more project based. Uh, so I'm working on all of our backend systems and the counting that changes when you change your property management system. Um, we do renovations over the winter, uh, season after season. That's the time that we end up being able to do them and maintenance. Uh, so is that the part of my job I love the most? Definitely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's whenever I get to be on properties 
um, chatting with guests, chatting with the staff, and really focused on creating a wonderful place to work. Um, For me, that is one of the best parts and getting excited about hopefully having another project soon because, yeah, we feel a little disconnected from that piece of our job right now, but it's the one that we absolutely love is finding those diamonds in the rough and getting to imagine renovating them. So what does that look like? Uh, You're looking at another property and then another property. I know at one point when you were out searching for your second place, I think you had seven (laughs) sites that you were, that you were really interested in. So are you going to be motel seven one day? I think what's interesting for us is like, we're, we're debating whether or not they have to be motels going forward. You know, um, can the June do more than just motels? Because I think there's so many amazing places in Ontario that really speak to us. And I think is, is it more about this like experience and the kinds of design and the kinds of um, the ways that we activate these properties that's more special or is it the fact that they are motels? Um, and so, yeah, we're really exploring it all from like inns to lakefront properties to roadside motels. Um, we are really staying open to what that looks like, but also thinking sort of just, I think we've started to think beyond just what's the next property, but what's that, you know, next five years going to look like and starting to think a little bit bigger in terms of how do we line up a couple of things um, to grow the June. To, to what we really want it to be. Um, I think there's amazing destinations all across Canada that deserve to have a June property um, that we would absolutely love to introduce our guests to. So it's um, it's a lot of exploring opportunities and also like finding the right um, partners because you know while we have been able to grow the June ourselves, through vendor take-back mortgages and refinancing, um, we're kind of at this point in our business that if we want to take it to the, you know, if we want to grow it the way that we want to grow it and make it bigger with a lot more properties, um, we either have to do that extremely slowly or we need to find a financial partner who can help us bring that vision. Yeah, motels are no longer the price of a house in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I I think we sort of impacted that a little bit. (laughs) It was like a combination of us and COVID um, and motel makeover probably. But yeah, they are not as cheap as they once were. Um, So yeah. Have you seen copycats doing similar things to what you're doing, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, in your sites or... In other places? Yeah, I wouldn't say, this is April, I wouldn't say that they're copycats necessarily, but I think, you know, again, like we weren't the first people to find a motel and convert it into a boutique property. Um, And I think we really welcome more people doing it. There's so many roadside motels that deserve a refresh. And honestly, there's so much more demand in Ontario for, you know, cool places to stay that really speak to that, like, you know, Gen Z millennial crowd. Um, so I think the more people that are getting into that business, the better it is for everybody and the better it is for Canada. And I, I think it's one of the things that April and I also learned was we, I remember when we opened the motel in Prince Edward County and we're like, okay, how are we going to beat the competition? And that, that was like, you know, business school beating the competition. Uh, and then I remember opening up 
And all of these places I was thinking of competition were calling me saying, can we send guests your way? Um, and that has continued um, very, very supportive community there. And even with other properties, motels in Ontario, I'm in touch with some motels in Texas. Uh, and really, we uh, work together, we share information, we share like, oh, what system are you using for this? And what issues are you having for this? So it's a, the I think the hotel motel industry is really, really supportive of one another. Um, and it's good, good to keep one another on our toes, coming up with different creative ideas and different marketing. So it is a really supportive uh, industry to be in. Uh, and, and, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's wonderful when the entrepreneurs start influencing the industries they're in, uh, that, that those changes are usually for the better. So is one of your models just licensing that you don't have to own a property, but uh, you work with the owners of a property to to bring the place around and up to, up to spec? I think we're still really looking at what's the right opportunity, uh, what's the right partner, um, what part of it do we want to be in and how we can contribute. So I'd say we're still we're open to the right opportunity, um, would consider licensing. Uh, not going to rule it out yet, but we also, we, it's really worked out well for us to own the real estate. We add a ton of value to the real estate. Uh, and so mostly focused on opportunities where we can get a piece of that action at least. Right. I, I, that makes all, all kinds of sense. And just to help me understand what role social media and influencers have played in, in building the business. I mean, you, you mentioned day one, Hey, it was your first indication that this was going to work, but what's actually been the strategy and how has it worked out? Yeah, I think something that we did really well in the beginning um, was when we first opened the June in Prince Edward County, you know, nobody really, nobody knew the June. Again, Prince Edward County was sort of starting to be on the rise, but um, didn't have the demand that it does today. And so we had empty rooms in May of 2017. And um, my background being marketing and um I had done a lot of influencer relations for other brands I had worked on in Toronto. Um, so I had a good network of people and we just basically invited them out to experience the June for the first time and gave them the ultimate experience. And we hosted, you know, influencer after influencer. And I think it really helped the June sort of blow up on Instagram. It certainly helped us grow our Instagram following as well. And that was a bit of the catalyst, I would say, in the early days. I mean, obviously, um, influencer marketing has changed so much since, you know, the day that we started to what it is um, today. So we we do some um, influencer hosting every year, but it's become it's become more about like, you know, our own content creation from there. Um, and I think something we never expected in the early days, particularly, was that anyone would care that like it was Sarah and I that owned the motel. Or, you know, we just kind of thought it was all about the brand that we're putting out there. But the thing that everyone kept gravitating to and, you know, the headlines that you'd read in like Toronto Life were like, oh, two girls quit their city jobs to open this motel in Prince Edward County. And so people really connected with our personal story of renovating the motel and opening it. And so we started to share a little bit more behind the scenes content of like ourselves and, you know, the background of how we got into this and the story of bringing it to life. Um, and then as we did little projects at the motels, really giving people that behind the scenes look at it. And then obviously that's like exploded since Motel Makeover um, 
where we took people behind the scenes in such a bigger way. But I think that element of showing people that there's like people behind the business, behind the brand um, has been so, so, so powerful. Um, and people really like come and they feel connected to us. They feel connected to our story and they feel like they're a part of that. And I think that's really powerful. Um, and in terms of the business that's brought us, I mean, we're getting um, the majority of our bookings are all direct bookings. And I think that really um, speaks volumes to our social media presence because that's the only marketing we do. We don't have any paid marketing. We don't do paid. We don't even really do any paid social um, advertising <laughs> this day of age. I think that's um, that's hard to do. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the Netflix show has to be the gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and is there exactly. ever going to be a season two? We hope that there's going to be a season two. Um, there's that not going to be like a season yes. two without, without another property. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think for us, it's like we're leading with what does the business need and what's the next property. And like if timing and the, that works with the show and the show's excited about what that property is, then great. Um, but we don't want to just go find something else for the purpose of television. Um, it's a property that we're going to continue to operate. That's going to be part of our brand. And um, we just want to make sure that it's the right fit for us, um, not just the right fit for TV. If you guys have your way, if things work out, what does the company look like five years from now? Say there's one more property, open, awesome, running really, really smoothly. Uh, and then there's probably one that's just about to open. And then we have our eyes on the next property as well. All right. Um, you guys, you know, two city girls moved to the country, show them how it's done, um, but also learn things about, you know, as you said, we're not competing with them. We're working together, building the destination, which is a beautiful thing. If someone else wants to do something similar, what's the best thing and the worst thing about picking up stakes, going into a brand new marketplace you don't know, and 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 and, and, and uh, opening up a business there? I think, you know, our lesson um, of running both motels as is, especially if you're new to the industry, is that has been a game changer. And I think we've learned both a lot about the destinations that we've operated in and about the processes of running the basic day-to-day check-in and cleaning of a motel um, and learned the ins and outs of that physical property before ever getting anything. So, you know, what could we keep? How could we keep? you know, leverage the existing flow. We're always trying to spend the least amount of money as possible and save um, as much of the original like architecture and charm um, as we can. So um, I think that's like definitely a piece of advice and I would encourage everyone to do that at least the first one to two times. Um, Sarah? Yeah, I think one of the things that we did well, but probably wasn't what we were thinking right off the bat was you don't need to do everything yourself and you probably shouldn't do everything yourself. April and I have learned what we're really good at is transforming these properties and leading the team that operates these properties. But I do remember there was like early on, April and I were talking about making our own soap for the properties and what a terrible <laughs> idea that would have been. Uh, it just being one example, but 
being in these new communities, what we've done is find ways to partner um, with other local businesses. So um, finding coffee suppliers. Uh, one thing that we're really known for is we have amazing, um, we work with Sunday's company to, and they've designed um, soap and lovely body oil locally produced and we put that in all of our rooms. So I think it's the way that we've uh, connected locally, that we've built, you know, not just supplier relationships, but really built some friendship as friendships as well, because spend a lot of time with these people. Um, and part of creating a place to stay is also having guests. We don't want them to feel like they're anywhere in the world. We really want to create that sense of place. So local wines, local beers, um, and it's, it's helped us to be part of these communities that we're in. Those are both great stories. Thank you so much. And I just have to ask you about staff. Are you, do you staff locally or do you have to import hipsters from Toronto to do the job for you? We try to staff locally as much as possible. At both motels, we have residences um, that can house, um, you know, one to two people. So we've, um, we've had the luxury of being able to bring in, you know, a couple of people each season um, as interns or as concierges, uh, people who want to, you know, learn all facets of the business and like potentially grow with us. I think it's been a really great opportunity there. Um, but we do staff, I'd say like 90% locally. Right. That's, that, which sounds great. I just got to say, just we'll wrap it up in a minute, but I just got to say, my experience of motels, and I've stayed in some very dingy ones, is that no one even tries in these places. And, and, and no one has any expectations. No expectations are ever met. Um, nothing's ever, certainly never exceeded. Um, how did the hospitality industry go so wrong? How did it let it become such a rundown, worn out commodity that, you know, holiday inns were conceived as being <laughs> a, a legitimate business? How did that happen? And do you, th do you think that's changing on a, on a bigger scale than, you know, than you're doing, but on a, as an industry? I think motels, I mean, they were typically back in the day, kind of like a kind of a commuter place to stay or, you know, people who needed that roadside stop. So it wasn't so much about like creating this like great vacation experience at motels. Um, obviously, that's definitely changing. And like, I think as, you know, the generational shift as well. So millennials and Gen Z travelers, they want unique experiences. They want something that is not like a cookie cutter kind of hotel or motel experience. Um, they want to be able to take beautiful photos of their room and the property. Um, and I think, you know, the motel revamping and redesigning the experience of staying in a motel is that unique experience that they're looking for. So it's like a bit of, you know, being able to offer somebody a throwback to the good old days, um, but still be you know, relevant in today's world. Well, it's great. I love to see it when uh, entrepreneurs are, are, are having an impact for communities and, uh, and, 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 you know, reviving whole industries. And I think you guys are in the vanguard of doing that. Thanks so much for sharing your stories. Does each of you have one final word of wisdom or hard learned lesson that you want to share before we depart? 
it's not it's not all sunshine and rosé i think a lot of people see what we've done they see the fun for the most part instagrammable part of it um it is really really hard we're in our eighth season and it's honestly not getting that much easier different challenges uh and so you need to really love it and have a passion for it because if not there's easier ways to make a living than running boutique motels (laughs) thank you sarah yeah i think the other thing i'd say is uh i think sarah and i are very lucky to have each other our skills really complement one another um sarah's very operational minded and very marketing minded but we really come together on like design and experience and vision for the june um and this would be a really tough business to do as one person i think you know it's as sarah said it's a ton of work it's you know, like 24-7 most days of the week. Um, So having somebody that you can sort of trade off um, here and there, I think is really, really beneficial. So finding a business partner that you can rely on and that you can trust and that complements your skill sets. Beautiful. Congratulations on your hard work and the impact that you've had in, in uh, on the culture and the small towns on television and worldwide travel. So it's all very exciting. We've been talking with April Brown and Sarah Sklash, the two principals of the June Motel. Um, I hope you have a wonderful summer season. I hope you're sold out every night and you, there's, you, you get a chance to relax around the campfire a couple times. Thanks so much for sharing your story and for being an inspiration to entrepreneurs across Canada. Thank you for having us. We'll talk again. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.